Blog Talk Radio. joining the Superior Power in Black America show. This is our 12th episode. It is with Darrow D. and my co-host, Monique, Miss Monique. How you guys doing tonight? And thank you for joining us at the Superior Power in Black America. So, first of all, we got to do some, uh, we got to give everybody their accolades this, this afternoon or this morning, this, this evening. 
we do have to apologize to uh, all of our listeners today because today is the day that uh, we are putting on our first show at 8 to 9 tonight. So we thank everybody for joining in. We thank, uh, we thank all of our listeners. And I especially want to give thanks to my wife, Ms. Monique. She has completed her uh, two-week special ed orientation and intern, and she is well on her way. I'm very, very proud of her. And so I say congratulations, ma'am. All right, all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, talk about what we want you to do tonight. We want to invite everyone to call in and be a part of our hot topics and conversation. You're welcome to call in on the number, 347-989-0180. Again, be our guest and call 347-989-0180 and dial 1 and add your voice to the conversation. You see, we all have differences, all right, and we have differences of opinions. But here is a place where you can express your opinion. All that we ask is that you stay on topic, all right? Honorable mention. We would like to thank Queen Mother for Real Radio. Love you, Ia, for allowing us the platform to share with you the superior power. And we're very excited about our future endless opportunities together because you all know great things happen when great minds converge. So uh, so that everyone will understand where we are with this, gotta read that the foundation of this show is based on the book the superior power in black America. It's written by Darrell D. Freeman. Major points that this book discusses are self-help, self-sufficiency, the fact that the black community has the ability to eliminate resources such as food stamps, general assistance, and government handouts. This book also discusses the need for unity and self-love, pride in our in our black culture. We must study African history. Those are the two points. The third point is the importance of our productivity and controlling our wealth by becoming informed of how we spend and where we spend. This book also uh, has developed into a movement. It's called T. Spiba where black people can join and build wealth in unity. So we invite you to visit our website, www.tspeeper.com. Become a part of this movement. Now, before we go any further, I do want to let everyone know that uh, we do invite everyone to be a part of our hot topics and the conversation. I said that. Okay. You got to press one. Well, hold on. To add your voice to the conversation. That's right. We all have differences. So Monique was talking about the differences, and when we talk about differences, we're talking about differences of opinion. And our differences of opinion, they are they 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 run the gamut. But we're talking about voting on this particular segment. Can I talk about something with this? Yeah. You know, I, to start off, we're going to talk about presidential comparisons once again. Um, uh, Daryl hit on that last week. Right, and this is the second discussion about it. But you and know we're what? We're going to stay on this topic because it's very important. We are we are voting. We are we're going to be voting uh, uh, 
In fact, we are in the primaries, and it's important that you vote for who you really think is uh, has your best interest at heart. And so voting is very important. But now, go ahead, Monique. What were you well, going to say? Well, you know what? I want to discuss a couple of things that, that um, I've been studying myself. It's, it's strange. I've been studying uh, the Texas Constitution because that's something that I'm going to have to teach. And I've also been uh, studying the United States Constitution. Mm-hmm. And it differs the Texas oh, Constitution wow. and the U.S. You know, the te- Texas has had about nine constitutions because they started out. It started out like with with uh, the Kahlua in Texas or Kahua in Texas, and and they were it's like Texas. Texas Kahua, whatever it was, and then it's and then it's California on down to Texas. It was just really kind of tripped out to see it, but finally when they seceded, that was interesting. But that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about was the fact that I found out that you know prior to 1951, a president a president could uh, actually serve more than Two consecutive terms. Eight years. Yeah. They, was, they, yeah. Could, they could they could they could they could they could serve as many terms as they wanted to serve, as many terms as they were voted in to serve. And actually Barack Obama is technically not the forty fourth president, he's the forty third. Because that Grover guy, President Grover <laughs> I forgot his name. He uh he was actually the 22nd and 24th president. So he was voted in twice, but it wasn't consecutive. I found that quite strange. You could just go right. I um, found that quite strange that that, that, that it would be the, the that, that would be the, the, the uh, issue there. But the presidency was way different. So why uh, do you think that it was so important that – Texas law, Texas Constitution, and the United States Constitution differs. Why do you think that's so important in this election? Well, no, it, it's not important, you know, because the Texas Constitution now, you know, we're, we're under the United States Constitution. It, it, this was just prior to succession from them being, you know, from them getting away from uh Mexico. So why is that important in this time? I was just saying that, you know, it's really kind of different that, um, you know, that that there were two different, that Texas was a totally different place. Well, Texas was a country of its own. own, Right, a different place, a place of its own. And, you know, I don't want to speak in an uneducated way, so, you know, I don't want to talk that much about it until I get the facts in my face. However... So let's talk about what you have. Here. Okay, so getting back to our topic. Yeah. And then we'll swing back to Texas. Uh, Texas okay, that's cool. So what we want to talk about is the comparison of the presidents. This was we talked about that last week. We want to pick that up again this week. Uh, we we look back at six different presidencies. Six mm-hmm. different presidencies span thirty nine years. Mm-hmm. Now. That's 39 years of American history. So we go back, and we go all the way back to uh, Jimmy Carter. Now, Jimmy Carter, I I actually like Jimmy Carter. Mm -hmm. 
I thought he was an easygoing guy. He did a lot of yeah, that's things. That's we left off. We left off with Jimmy Carter. Yeah, we. He had a lot of. He did a lot of things for the country. Uh, and then there was Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Uh, he was a great communicator. So mm-hmm. you know he was okay. Uh, after that, there was uh, George H. Bush because if you remember, George H. Bush was Ronald Reagan's um, uh, vice president. Right. And so when Reagan left, then Bush got back in. Bush got in. Bush uh, did nothing for the country. We established that last year, last week. And then there was Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was a Democrat. So what we what we were doing, what we were uh, comparing presidents, Democrats versus Republicans, and how they furthered the country, mm-hmm. how what they did to uh, make this country better, each president. And it turns out that the three Republican presidents absolutely did about 80% less for this country than any of the Democrats. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very significant because when you, when you talk about voting, you want to vote for someone who is, who's got your best interest at, at, in, in heart. And so when you talk about my best interest, it is the best interest of the country. Mm-hmm. And so if Republicans are not moving this country forward, then what are they doing for this country? Mm-hmm. And so it turns out that Democrats are actually moving this country forward. Democrats are the ones that that allowing us to uh, have some agendas that would help this country move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and that that's true. That's true. Um, what we also need to talk about is the electoral uh, process. Because, you know what, in all of this talking about the Democrats and the Republicans, Cyril, um, it's way more important for people to know how they're voting, okay, and what the powers of uh, the president are and the Constitution and what the Constitution lists with regard to qualifications for presidents. But you're talking about people that are actually running for president right now. Let me tell you, uh, we were talking. You were talking about uh, Cruz last night. You remember that? Yeah. We were talking about, and we were talking about. Of the U.S. and how he is a Canadian citizen, and. You know the Constitution says the Constitution states that go get yours. The Constitution states that the president must be 35 years of age, be a natural born citizen, and must have lived in the United States for at least 14 years. And that millions of Americans vote in the presidential election every four years, the president is not, in fact, directly elected by people. Instead, on the first Tuesday in November of every fourth year, the people elect the members of the electoral college. So this is how voting works. This is the system. This is apportioned by a population to the 50 states. So there is one for each member of their congressional delegation with the District of Columbia receiving these votes. These electors do not vote for president. There are currently 538 electors, electors in the electoral college. Now, 
positive and how the credit doesn't exist here. But but that's that's interesting because a lot of people don't know. They say, Well my vote doesn't count. Well your vote counts now. And the reason why your vote counts now is because you're voting and you're getting your delegates together. And your delegates, they make up the electoral college. And those are the ones, those people are the ones that are going to go and they're going to cast a vote for president. That's how that happens. All right. Now, back to what I was talking about with regard to President Barack Obama. Uh, he's the 44th president of the United States, but he is, however, only the 43rd person ever to serve as president. The president Grover Cleveland served two non-consecutive terms, and he is recognized as both the 22nd and the 24th president. Today, the president is limited to two four-year terms, but until the 22nd Amendment to the Constitution ratified in 1951, a president can serve an unlimited number of times. Franklin Delano Roosevelt was elected president four times, serving from 1932 until his death in 1945. Yeah, but this is important. Now, you need to talk about the electoral college. Daryl, we're not able to hear you. Daryl, Monique, hello? Yes. We aren't able to hear you. Some, it seems like your uh, microphone went down. Okay. Can you hear me now? Much better. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you for that, Ian. So I want to thank to you for thank you for your subject matter. It really makes sense when you actually um, really hear about the record of the former presidents to know how magnificent this president that we have is as a human being, as a leader. So I say to Shay. Uh, you know what? It is important that we recognize uh, what this president is adding to the country, and it's also it's also very uh, important to recognize, you know, who we might be electing in the future. And how we elect? If it's Donald Trump, what do you think we might have to look forward to? If if this is a preview of what the presidency of America would look like under a Donald Trump presidency, we're in big trouble. You know, that's what I'm. That's that's my main point here. You know, I understand what your point is, but all I was saying was, you know, while you were trying to take care of the business here, I was trying to kind of let people know how we vote, how how come the primaries are important to vote, because you're trying to get your delegates together, and that comprises the electoral college, and that those votes is what cast gets that president in, and and when people say that their vote doesn't count, well, of course. We don't vote for the president in November. We vote for the president now because we're voting to get our delegates out there who are going to form the electoral college. Now that's so while, very important. And that's exactly what I was saying. And that's, that's what very, saying, very that's important. What, that is what, what, what I was saying had to do with what we're talking about. So instead of talking about past presidents, what I was talking about is we get our future president into the office. And so what you, your point is that the delegates, 
is what really elects the president. Now, we can think that uh, the majority rules, mm-hmm. but it's actually the delegates. And right now, we're dealing with super delegates. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with corporations that are buying people that are now having a bind the delegate. And so it is their agenda that we're going to be under. You so know, how do we, we get past We that? can go and we can protest because we have the right to do that. Yeah, what we, do you we, think? We, we, can, we can go, we can protest, we can get out there and we can block streets. We can do all of that, but that's not going to stop what can happen. Because right now, I am optimistic. I'm sorry, Monique. Go ahead. Uh, I was saying I'm optimistic, and uh, I feel like you and sharing the news about how we can collectively save ourselves and how we can organize collectively. I'm very, very hopeful that many people will get the message and that we will vote as a solid group or block. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate, unfortunate, but Hillary will be, uh, will not be denied the the, um, nomination. And Bernie Sanders I'm very hopeful about his um, message. Candidacy. But, yeah, his candidacy. But um, he doesn't have enough, del- yeah. enough delegates. But realistically, the United States would probably go to war before we become a socialist government. And that's what he's pushing for. And you know what? You're you're absolutely right. Well, but we're under socialism though right now. That's, not, that not, that not, is our no, whole premise. No, well, you know what? We're not, not no, because what it is is he is more concerned, which is a wonderful thing about human rights. He wants to make sure that not only do we have rights as humans, but we have rights and we can maintain our right to education. We maintain our right to, you know, great paying jobs. We we get that. We get that. That's what our democracy but, is right, supposed but, to be. Right, but but our democracy doesn't. Because the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poor and that's the purpose of FIBA. The purpose of FIBA But is that's to, what Bernie is right. talking about. And the purpose of FIBA and you know to tell you guys, yesterday I had a heated conversation with a young Caucasian man at my job, and there was another black woman sitting next to me, and he was heated. He said, Barack Obama has not done anything. He has made no major accomplishments. He's a nothing president. Oh, he was on his soapbox. So what I did, of course, was I went to the White House website, and I read all 340 of Barack Obama's accomplishments. As he sat there with his chin dropped to the counter. That's all you got to okay? do. And not only that, but when I showed him my husband's website, he said, see, that's what I'm talking about. And it was so weird because he said, that's what I'm talking about, the superior power in black America, the betterment of self for black people. Why does it have to be so divisive? I said, because you all are divisive. And so then he went on to say to me, I've got so many black friends. I said, see, that's the general so phrase, yeah. so typical of you people. And he goes, 
See, I said, but that's what you just said. You get what I'm saying? You just said, I got black friends. Like we're, like we're a society of aliens and we're not humans. And I just said, you people, the same way that you said that. I said, that's the division. I said, whether it's conscious or unconscious, the division is there. And yet, we have, yes, we have to make sure that we better ourselves because that's what's important to us. Well, well, you got to think about it, man. You got to think about it. We have a black president in the office right now. Mm-hmm. Our black president in the office right now. Exactly. He's been in there for seven years. Now, wait, wait, wait. Now, he hasn't been able to better our conditions as black America. He's been opposed at every turn. So here we have a black president in the office. His hands are tied. What has he tried to do for black America? Well, well, he, look, he is the president of all I mean, I'm not America. saying he hasn't, but he hasn't gone up there to try to specifically do anything. I don't think that's required because all we're asking for is the right to do what everybody my, my else point does. Is so, this. My point yeah. is this. We can't allow ourselves to think about, think that someone is going to be our uh, holy grail, that someone is going to raise us up. We have to draw from each other. We well, have yes, to draw we are. We are our holy grail. That is right. We are. It I is mean, the superior power within the black community that we have to draw from in order to lift up the black community. So that is what it's all about. But in this segment, we are talking about the importance of voting for your candidate. Now, who is your candidate? Is it Donald Trump? Is it Bernie Sanders? Is it Hillary Clinton? Is it who? Is it uh, uh, Cruz? You know what? I, I know who my candidate is. Who's your candidate? Well, that's supposed to be private. That is who very would you, private. No, who would you vote that, for? That's very private. I would vote for Michelle Obama. There you go. That was that was. There you go. All to the left on you because nah, you ain't even thinking about nah, it. But what nah, I'm you, saying is, I just said who my candidate would be. So so my wife just threw me a curve. <laughs> Here's what happened. Earlier in the year, I told her, I said, okay, so people are beginning to run for the presidency, so you know who I would like to nominate? After four, after eight years of Barack Obama, I would like to put Michelle Obama in the White House. Who has recently said that that's not anything that she'd be ever interested in? And then Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. No, not Hillary Clinton. And then uh, uh, Ms. Warren. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren. Warren yeah. And we got Michelle in the house and then Elizabeth Warren and, and then maybe Hillary Clinton after that, maybe, uh, which she probably wouldn't run after that. But <laughs> things would change. Yeah. Things would definitely change. You know, and I believe that if there were a chance, if there was a, if the race was between Hillary and Elizabeth Warren, now that would be a race. That's going to split the ticket. That was uh, the, ticket. But she could, pick her, she could pick her as the vice president. If, Hillary, if uh, Elizabeth Warren got into the race. Now, you Hillary know, some Clinton, people don't know who Elizabeth Warren is, baby. Well, they do. Everybody oh, knows wait, wait, no, no, no. Go ahead and. Elizabeth Warren is a senator, and she is one of the most outspoken senators because she is trying to keep Dodd Frank alive. Dodd Frank is regulations for Wall Street. Isn't that one? That's one of the accomplishments just, of Barack. Obama. That is one of the. Yeah, that's what it is. But, but she's that's trying to keep that alive. Exactly. Yeah. But when uh, uh, Paul Ryan took office, mm-hmm. that was one of the first things that uh, the Senate uh, put on the table and started dismantling mm-hmm. is Dodd Frank, 
And so what they dismantled is the responsibility that if they were to do what they did in the past mm-hmm. by investing in bogus loans, mm-hmm. that the American people would not bail them out again. Mm-hmm. That is Dodd-Frank. Now, the, the uh, Senate, which is run by the Republican House, mm-hmm. has dis- dismantled that portion of Dodd-Frank. Mm-hmm. The responsibility part, where if they uh, dealt in bogus loans, they would then be accountable for paying those loans back. Uh-huh. So uh, Elizabeth Warren has been very loud, very outspoken about that, and she also wants to move this country forward in a, uh, if I could say, totalitarian way. It, now, let me ask so you. Realistic. Now, we're, we're talking about the president. Let's talk about the vice president. Yeah, now, what, okay. what, what, what does the vice president do? The vice president is actually the president of the Senate. Mm-hmm. You know, he is supposed to run the Senate. So uh, what I don't understand is how come, as the vice president, Joe Biden don't go to um, the majority Senate leader and tell him what they, he's supposed to be doing and not uh, reneging on his job. Well, he he's not. Um, he, he rarely provides – he rarely actually presides over the Senate. Uh, the Senate elects their own members, usually junior members of the majority sure. party, to preside over the Senate each day. So he rarely does that, all, you know, even though he's a, he is the president of the United States Senate. Yeah. Okay. So that that's he he doesn't do that. His well, role is very different. He, he's a president. And it says each president approaches each vice president approaches their role differently. You mm-hmm. know, uh, some of them take on a specific policy portfolio, and others simply serve as a top advisor to the president. And I believe that that's the role that he's taking. I think Biden was has been uh, President Barack Obama's uh, backbone. Yeah. He's, he's been that he's his advisor. He's been that white face, that Caucasian face that says, Wait a minute, this policy is not one that is obscured because this man is black. It is an American policy. He's the face that says, No, no, let's not fight everything, let's put some of these things forward. And some things did go forward. Uh right now it is it is a situation where they are trying to lock out the standing, the sitting president, which is absurd. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's why this segment is about voting. I think that he has. I, I think that he has pretty much stood his ground. But again, you know, don't miss the opportunity. Yeah. To vote for your candidate, and remember, so who would be your vice presidential candidate? Okay, based on my report, where I looked at three Republicans and then three Democrats. Mm-hmm. I'm always a Democratic. Uh, person, because Democratic uh, nominees, they all seem to have the best interest of the country mm-hmm. as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're talking about things that would, that would move this country forward. Republicans are basically talking about uh, tax cuts for the rich, mm-hmm. uh, degrading, dem, uh, degrading um, uh, government as a part of society. Mm-hmm. You know, eliminating social services that we have to have. There's a, 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 a safety net that mm-hmm. we have to have. We can't. And, and just think about it. Why would you allow for a company to be uh, its own EPA? Mm-hmm. You know what the EPA is? Yeah. Environmental the Protection, Protection Agency. Agency. Yeah. Why would you allow a chemical company to produce its own environmental protection agency. 
Why would you do that? You know what? It's it's like it's that. like letting a letting a fox guard the hen house. You know, and we we've come a long way because prior to uh, the uh, United States Constitution, would you believe that everything was in the hands of the state? It was never. There was never they they did not want a federal government, and so this is what Trump and Cruz they all stand for what they call keeping America great uh, or taking it back to the beginning. Yeah. And that's when, when was America ever great? Well, that's just it. America it, you know is, what? Is, is is a society that has brought uh, chaos and 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 destruction to every society that it interfaced with. You know, even the even its own women, you know what, America you're absolutely right. is is an atrocity to its own women. It, it, so when it, was you America? Have, you have to understand, it wasn't it wasn't America. It was what it was before America. Uh, that, that was the Indians. That that was, but it wasn't just the Indians. It was the Moors. You know, the Moors are Indian. But the, but listen to me. Listen to what I'm gonna tell you. See, everything that happened here. Everything that happened here happened for a reason. They came here with their Dutch herds and things like that, and they brought their things here in an effort because they knew what was going. They knew what was going on. They saw the wealth in the land. They saw the resources. They saw that you could make money off of the land here. And they came from a whole nother country, from Great Britain. And so, but but let me get let me let me okay. let me hook you up on something. I talked to a friend of mine who told me his family history, and he said he was his family is Mexican. They were never from Mexico. They were always from Texas, which was a part of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And he said that the story of their family is uh, about a place where we know here called Granite Shoals. A very, uh, very nice part of uh, the Central Texas area, and what he said was when his when his family was here. Of course, they were you know Hispanic. They didn't they didn't read well. They didn't write well. And these men, these European men, came to his family and they said, "Well, we just want to buy part of your land from you. You know, we we just because they had a lot of acres, and they said we just we just want to get maybe about maybe two hundred acres from you all." And, you know, they had a lot of acreage. But he said, they said 200, and they had the, trans, the person that translated for them. And the translator, of course, was paid by the Europeans. So he cheated them. And he cheated them. And instead of 200, they took 2,000. Seriously. And then, and then, and, and wait, wait, they stole it. And yeah. then, Kick them off for their own land. Right, and, and, so and, and that's what's this, going on today. This, and that's exactly right. Right. This is what's going on. Period. It has always happened. So when we talk about, who, so this is what they want to take us back to. Well, no, no. See, that's that's something that Keep we cannot. American great. That's, exactly. that's something Keep that American we can never great. go back to, because guess what? Uh, the generation. Oh, I know gone. we can never go back to that because look, really, there are a lot of strong, a lot of strong. African Americans, a His lot of strong mixed Americans on this on this in this United States of America that would not tolerate anything. Here's my position as a young as a black man. I'm not going anywhere. This is my country. I built this country. My family built this country. Everything that was built and was achieved in America was achieved on the backs of black people. And so there is no at no point that we can say 
we need to go back to a place where we don't where we once belong. It's right here. And and the thing is, and this is why FIBA is important. This is why FIBA is important. FIBA is important because FIBA will help us to maintain the knowledge of what has happened and what should happen. We will educate the people that are part of the superior power in black America. We will help the communities within the superior power of black America. We want individuals to join, to come in and understand that if Ms. Johnson needs a roof on her house, we should all get together, come together and be able to put that roof on. We need co-ops in black communities. Co-ops meaning grocery stores of our own, attorney's offices of our own, banks of our own. So what candidate is going to open up that None door? None of them. And that's why, that's why it's important. That's why it's important that we have our own. So what candidate is, is even, con, con, is even thinking about None of them. Well, I got to tell you, Bernie Sanders, because of his, the way he was uh, received earlier in his campaign, he is focusing more on what's wrong with American laws, what's wrong with American disenfranchisement, and why gains are so apparent. And all of that has everything to do with the economy and how the rich get richer and all of that. So if you're going to vote, you need to make it plain, and you need to get your, 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 the right stuff that you need. If you need an ID, if you need to know where you need to go, if you need uh, transportation, you need to have all of this stuff already set up prior to the day that you need to vote. Nothing should come in the way of you casting a vote. One man, one vote. Yeah, the Voting Rights Amendment was gutted by the Supreme Court, but it still doesn't mean that we are disenfranchised from voting. They are trying to make it a little harder for us to vote. Oh, yeah. But that should give us more incentive to vote. Because guess well, what? Well, you know what? It's not just hard enough. It's the reason not. why they make it harder is because they know that they may not win. But do you understand that? Yeah. Yeah, they know they may yeah. not win, but guess what they're doing? They're making it by changing this law. I have seen more Caucasian people come into my office and say, I can't vote. I couldn't vote in a primary. And when I tell you they're pissed, they're mad. Because right. because the laws that they changed where they said that your name has to appear, appear exactly how it appears on your voter registration card and your ID, and these women have not used their husband's last name ever but decided to use it on their voter registration card and so on and so forth, or never felt like they needed a voter registration card to go and vote. And these people, knowing especially in Travis County out here, knowing the, that, that they have been accused of voter fraud out here, period, they're not going to let it let it slide on any in, in any direction. If you're so black, you're white, whatever, I see evidence of, of how people being disgruntled because yes, of the, because voting, of the laws. voting laws. And so it's affecting not, I haven't, I've, honestly, I haven't seen any, Minority. any minorities come they're in there and they, they're affected. They come in, they do what they, in the beginning when it happened, they came in, they were compliant, they got everything that they needed that they needed done. It's, and, it's and not they, that... Uh, the minority is not voting because they're discouraged. Mm-hmm. No, they're, and then the people that are coming here from out of state, you know, they're making it a blue state as it is, they already know what's up. So they, they're coming in. Okay. So uh, 
We want to just close out that segment of voting right Mm -hmm. now. And we want to talk about our second topic. Monique, you know, the more you talk about people, the more more excited I get. And so we want to just reiterate what we always talk about at this part in our segment. Okay. So SPIVA is the organization that was that evolved from the book, The Superior Power in Black America. Yeah, that's that book that you wrote. That and you accused me of not reading, by the way. So <laughs> SPIVA is actually the acronyms for all of those words. Mm-hmm. S, superior, superior, P, power, power you know. and Black so that, America. That's yeah. where the name mm-hmm. came from. So yeah. it is an organization that you come to through our website. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? I, I really want to bring this home because guess what? When the Million Man March got together, it required people to come from all parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And then we were to meet at the White House or in Washington, D.C. And so right, people yeah. coming from Wisconsin that or was for Chicago, the March, right? yeah, of 1995. Right. That was the requirement that you would actually come to a space, come to a place in time. SPIPA is an organization that regener- regenerates that power mm-hmm. and that energy where people can unite, can come together just like we did at the Million Man March and put money together and build for the benefit of black America. Well, not just put money together, but we need to bring professions together. Thank you. Thank we need you. to bring professions together. It's not all about the money. Thank it's you. all about those people that have the talent and Thank the skills you. to help uplift their community. Thank you. It's very important. If you know anything about the Black Wall Street, and I always go back to this, and he always interrupts me, but I hope he doesn't this time. Very quickly. In the Black Wall Street, before Greenwood was destroyed by fire, they had black movie theaters, black dentists, black doctors, uh, black lawyers, their black grocery store. They had to do that because they were not welcome in the other community. Right. They couldn't okay. spend other They places. could not spend like, other places. Races. And so the dollar the, the dollar circulated almost a thousand times. It was thirty six times. Thirty but I'm talking about within two months. They said it's about like mm, it was thirty six times to a hundred before leaving the community. Right. It didn't mm. well yeah, it, but that's, that's a realistic right. Thing. The statistics of it I think it was a month or two months where they said it was like a thousand times you, the dollar would circulate, something like that, within the community. Well, we but we have to look it up again. But um, anyway, the dollar circulated within the community quite a bit before today. we left. And so I'm not talking about today yet. Okay. But And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't something that, that the other uh, population was, was in favor of. However, they weren't in favor of our people shopping in their communities either. And so we had to do it. Right. You know, there was a black airport. Right. Okay. Black people owned airplanes. Black yes, black people owned airplanes. And so what, what I'm what I'm getting at here is back in nineteen twenty one. This is not this is not an effort to segregate African Americans from white Americans mm-hmm. or any other minority. We're not doing that. We just want to uplift our community so that, you know, if you do go into that community. I mean, like for instance, where you used to live, 
My husband used to live in Roseland in Chicago, Illinois. And when I was a little girl, we would go to Roseland, and they had all types of department stores, and they had all types of dress shops. I got my ballet shoes there. I mean, it was wonderful. Now if you go there, it looks like the well, walking dead. Well, really. that, yeah, it does. And, and, and so, it truly does. And, and so what, what I'm saying is there were times when places like Dixie Square Mall in Harvey, Illinois existed, and, and pretty much the African community was the support of that mall. We need to build up in our communities, bring our malls back. Bring our big department stores back there. We need to do that. That's what we need to do. We need to bring our professions back. We don't need the highway robbers telling us that we need to contact them if we get into a car accident and they take a third of our money and that money is not going to our community, but they live in a whole other community and they're, they're living in mansions. No. We need to make sure that we stay out of bankruptcy court. That's a whole other thing. Reinvest in the Reinvest in the community. And here is the platform mm-hmm. that that can be done. It is called T-S-P-I-B-A. And so you go to the website, www.tspiba.com, and, and, and take a look at how that, how that website is developed. When you see that the only thing that it's interested in is allowing for the African-American community to rebuild itself, not, not segregate, not, not, not segregate, not be divisive, not but to divisive. build, to rebuild, to rebuild itself. itself. It's okay for us to do it if it's okay for everyone else to have their communities. I mean, look, we have no choice. We on one to. hand, on one hand, you have the Republican uh, Republicans in this country saying, "Let's cut spending, let's talk about austerity, let's pull back on any social services." So the people that need social services, they just are out of luck. We need to keep our money to ourselves. That's what the Republican agenda is. The Democrat agenda is we need a social a social safety net, and so let's continue with our social services, maybe even strengthen it, put more money in it. Well, neither one of those scenarios really work for the African American. If we have too many social services, it weakens us. We begin to we begin to rely on those social services. Well, you know services. what? We not only rely. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. When you rely on those social services, you are subjected to just making a certain amount of money and living at a certain standard because you don't qualify for those services if you make a little but more money. You know money. what? It's not just that. Okay. You know, and this is what I want the next topic the topic to be on uh, next week. You're talking about speech. Yes, I am. We need to we need to get rid of bankruptcy in mm-hmm. Black America. Mm-hmm. We need to do that. I have done, and this is this is real. I've done over eight hundred bankruptcies for different clients since two thousand five. Why do you and, think that is? And well, I know why it is, but I'm gonna talk about that in the next show. But we need to we need to not only get off of the boat of needing those resources. We need to get out of bankruptcy court. I'm going to tell you this now. There, I have never been in a place where I have not seen a bankruptcy commercial. Don't see them here. I've never seen Don't one see bankruptcy it. commercial here. Right. And when you call a bankruptcy attorney, they don't really do bankruptcies. Right. They, they don't. They, now, they're you're talking about Texas. We're in Austin, Right. Texas. And they, they, you guess what? The, the, the rate of bankruptcy is so low here that 
the court has to appoint attorneys to do bankruptcies, and they don't like that. So the only reason that they do them is because the court appoints them to do them. They have to do them. They it. have to do them. And you are and, not and, representing them. And, so, and, and so guess what? You're right. You're not representing them. And you can't go in there in, in federal court here and pro se and do it yourself like you can back home in Chicago. And they make it easy for you back there. In Chicago. You got Chapter 7, Chapter 13, everybody's trying to do it. Then they want to give you these predatory repair programs or come and get a car from us. And Back to that. But we'll talk about that next week. But that's something else that we have to get off of, not just those resources. And we got to do it through the betterment of self-movement. we got to do it through the superior power in black America. You guys got to tweet with us. You need to get on Twitter and tweet at Landau Smooth or at Landau, right? Yeah. At Landau Smooth I mean, on Twitter. You've got to get on Blogspot. Yes, yeah. reach out to us. Blogspot, Life with Landau. Go on the, the Superior Power in Black America page. All right. Go we ahead. talk about everything. On we Facebook. talk about life, yeah. life with Landau. We talk about everything. Yeah. You know, go on yes, Facebook. Yes, Yes. And who am I speaking to? This is Kenny. Thank you. Ken, how you been, man? Thank you for joining hey, the Joe. show. Hey, I'm doing hey, all right, hey, man. Everything. I'm sorry to interrupt. I was disagreeing with what y'all was saying. Yeah. Yeah, so what we're talking about is, is, is developing uh, a mechanism where we are working together to uplift each other. You know what's funny? The funny thing is that uh, people are always talking about diminishing social services, but then when when a segment of the population then begin to talk about rebuilding themselves, it becomes something like we're trying to segregate, and and I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. And that's something that we got to touch on too. We got to touch on the fact that. No, people don't like us to, to do on our own, and that's when it becomes divisive. That's when it becomes segregation. That's that's when it becomes prejudice in their eyes because it looks like we're making progress. They won't help. But, but they don't want you to help yourself. When we're not making progress, look at them. You know? Anytime. And so that's something else. Yeah. Hey, hey, I mean, how can, how, how can you? I'm sorry to interrupt. But how can you? But, but do you expect anything different? For any uh, uh, for people that have been dominating and oppressing another group, and and, no. and and you talk about social services, social services to me is just a band aid. I was in that profession for thirty five years, and it's just a revolving door going around and around and around. And, and I think what we're trying to do is trying to prevent from being dependent. On these social services, and these programs. If we're gonna have any, so let us have our own social services because that's uh, right. That's right. Our cultural approach, what I call the cultural approach and cultural methodology. I I, I totally agree with that, 100%. Ken. You know, neither one of the scenarios that the Republicans or the Democrats are putting forth to us is gonna work for us. We have to work for ourselves. Yeah, we do. A, so yeah, we gotta, ain't no uh, difference between a Democrat and Republican. It's just that one side on one side of the aisle and the other side on the other side of the aisle. 
And you know what? And, when, and, when, and when they don't like what the president is saying, one must sound like he's crazy, don't clap, and the other side is all over the place. So, but, yeah, that's how, they, that's how they roll. And at the end and, of the day, it's at our expense. They, they both go and they eat at the same table. And you know what? They drink out of the same wine glass, wine, wine carafe. But the bottom line is we need to, again, Talk about those things, and we need to talk about them next week. I am definitely going to talk about bankruptcy in black America, and Daryl is going to talk about resources, and we're going to come up with some things and maybe some ideas that we can discuss with everybody about the resources. Can we invite you and Ia to come on to the show, man, and and bring some positive thoughts and and comments, man, and we appreciate and some whatever ideas you guys for do. Steba. Some you ideas know. for Steve. We're going to have a round table with, with us, the four of okay. us, talking about right. the things. I miss talking to you, my brother. Huh? I, I, I miss you. talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, try to do this executive stuff and, and try to talk mm-hmm. to people from all over the country. It's crazy, man. It takes it's time, crazy. doesn't it? It takes time. It takes time. You know what? We thank you guys, and we thank everyone for listening to us tonight. Again, you can uh, check us out at www.tsteba.com. You can tweet with us at Landau Smooth on Twitter. You can uh, reach out to us on Blogspot and look at uh, Daryl's or Landau Smooth's blog at Life with Landau. You can also reach us on Facebook, which is the best way because he's always on Facebook. I'm putting a link on Facebook every chance I get so that everyone will know, and also on Twitter so that everyone will know. So hit us what up on the Superior Power in Black America on Facebook. Facebook. It is the Superior, Power, the Superior in Black Power, Power in Black America Facebook page. And you will see us there, join the group, hang out with us, and then we'll talk to you a little bit more about T-Steva. You know, uh, it's important that we all come together. There is no answer other than the answer that we will come together and change some things, some realities in our own lives. We can't expect someone else to do the work for us. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining the Superior Power in Black America show with Daryl right, King and Ms. Monique. All right now. All right, kids. All right. You need